Hello, this is Black Country Blokes chewing the fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk, but in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been the artist of Black Country Blokes, Tuna Fat, here with me, Kev Dillon, and my partner in crime, Lee Cadman. And today we've got someone, uh, um, Brett, who's coming on to talk about his son, who's got Duray syndrome. Now, you may recognise that because Lee's daughter, as we all know, Kala, has also got it. And what Brett's going to be doing is doing, what, what runs are you doing, Lee? It's, it's four miles in f- every four hours for 48 hours. That's right, isn't it, Brett? I'm getting that That's right. a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to be raising his money for... Uh, we, we for Gervais got... Syndrome UK, isn't it? Uh, you, you raise the money for. Now, I had a look actually previous to coming on, and and you you're just shy of a grand. It'd be great to break a thousand pound, wouldn't it? Before before the show's over, everyone out there. Absolutely, yeah. Have we got the page on? There? Can can you so see? So yeah, that? I'll have that scrolling across the bottom now, but it is also in the show notes. Oh, and as. And we, we, we'll be going to be talking about this in a little bit. And uh, it's going to be great having two dads talking about a very unpublicised illness. But before we get into it, I always like to start the show with our gratitude. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, you two, as well as myself, who's got a disability in my eyes, we can get swamped down with the, the hardship of life. But you've got to find the good things, haven't you? When I'm so grateful, I mean, my it was my wife's birthday, Kate, on... Saturday, and I was so grateful I've got such a lovely wife. She, on her birthday, we travelled down to um, Barnsley. <laughs> travelled down to Barnsley where my, my box was boxing. And we got there, we broke down on the motorway and everything went wrong. But we got there and then my lad Osman Mohammed won the gold, who's the best lad in Great Britain now. He'll have trolls for GB, go, hopefully go to the Worlds. And I'm grateful that I had such a wonderful wife to allow me to go. I'm grateful that I was able to get there to see my, my lad box. And, you know, we, we've got to be grateful that we've got good people in our lives. Lee, what are you grateful for, brother? Oh, this upcoming conversation, without doubt. Um, it's We've been doing this podcast almost three years now, podcast on the radio, and it's the first time we've had anyone with such a similar experience to myself. So I'm looking forward to talking with Brett. And I hope people learn a, a few things about Gervais Syndrome along the conversation as well. I mean, it's funny, before we go to Brett, we, we had your Nikki, your wife, on talking. Oh, yeah, we it. did, but I wasn't on that, was I? No, you wasn't on it. <laughs> but like, it, what I think could be interesting about this one, it's when we talk about disability, it's normally the moms, the mommies, the wives, the sisters who come on, the grandmothers, the guardians. But I think it's going to be remarkable having two blokes talking about it from a daddy's eyes. You know what I mean? Because that's often not talked about, is it? We normally have to just put up and shut up. But they forget that, you know, blokes feel as well. Don't I mean, that's the, the main reason why we started this, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think part of that is for myself is uh, to begin with, I it was it was hard to talk about it for, for myself, obviously, with my mental health journey. But also, like I remember the first time I met probably anyone who had any connection with Gervais Syndrome, it was at my level one or two boxing coaching course. 
I don't think I've told you this story, Kev, but no. I walked in there. We just found out Callum had been diagnosed with Gervais and I walked in there for the weekend to, to, for the training and um, there was a person wearing his T-shirt and even then I didn't have the courage to go up and speak to him or I didn't... Yeah, I don't know what it... I don't, I don't think courage was the right word, but... Um, Gervais T-shirt? Yeah, he had a Gervais T-shirt on, so... which what that is? Pardon? I wonder who that is. I what? don't know. I couldn't tell you. I didn't even ask his name at the time, um, which I regret now. I regret now because I could have opened up a conversation then, but I don't think my head had got around what was going on. It was very, 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 very early in uh, in Calla being diagnosed. So, Brett, uh, before we go into the, the thing, what are you grateful for? Um, yeah, guys, thank you so much for having me on. Um, and Lee, I can relate completely to to what you've just said. It's 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 hard, you know, to find the the right time. You, you'll just know in yourself when when you're ready to to open up. It's there's a lot of inner turmoil that you've got to sort out and deal with before you can get comfortable to to get it out there. But um, guys, I'm I'm really grateful for you too. Thank you so much for you know this this podcast is amazing. It's um, Kev, like you touched on, it's I don't think enough men talk in general about mm. openly about you know issues close to their heart. So um, yeah, I'm grateful for you guys and for this opportunity, um, and then just massively grateful for Drive A Syndrome UK. They've um, you know they've just been um, a lifeline for us, you know, to cope and and just such a support. It, it, I honestly feel like I'm part of a, a unique family. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really grateful for them. Because Dravet syndrome, I'll, I'll put this over to you two. It's a rare form of epilepsy within children, is it? You don't just you don't get it like at our age. No, so it's it's um yeah, so it's a birth. Uh, I don't like using defects. It sounds horrible. It's, it is technically a birth defect. Um, but the, the issue they have with older age, a lot of it wasn't wasn't readily diagnosed. There's a lot more people out there, as far as I'm aware, Brett, Brett might, might know more than this, but there's a lot more people out there who are all older in life that don't or haven't been diagnosed for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 right. I think it's, you know, obviously nowadays with, with more awareness, more um, sort of research and development, they, they're becoming a lot better at testing and diagnosing it a lot earlier but lee's absolutely right there's there's you know adults out there that are only just getting that diagnosis now um, and i think obviously the benefits of an early diagnosis is that you're on a treatment plan which has you know more chance of being more effective and and giving you a bit more quality in your life so um, but yeah it's it starts in infancy and is it once again i i i, I only know color but is there different variants of it? Is it like a very extreme version and a mild version of it? Or is it just when they've got the medication in you at the right time? No, there is. There's, it's, yeah. It is on a scale. Um, and it's, again, it's different genes can be effective. So there's there's a certain gene that Kala has that um, Bradley Bradley's gene might be differently affected, isn't there? Um it's it's quite technical, isn't it? When you get down to that, when they break down the DNA, there's the slight differences in the in the in the DNA, which I think cause the severities. I'm trying, I'm going back now. So we every is it every two years, Dravet do a conference, don't they, where they get all the professionals in? Um, but because of COVID, we list, missed the last one. And then because of COVID, we, it was two years. So it's four years ago since I've sat in there and really had it um, explained to me, um, and. 
yeah, so I'm just trying to jog my memory back to to how it how it works. But it's yeah, as far as I remember, there is different. It's a different gene sequence that can change depending on who it is. Because your son's called Bradley, isn't it, Brett? And is right. is your son severely affected by it as well? He's not nine, is he? He's nine, yeah. Um, can, so there, there is definitely a spectrum of it, um, and we feel fortunate that Bradley's probably on the better end of the spectrum. Um, you know, he so his is a mutation of the SCN1A gene, um, which he started his first seizure when he was five months old, which is typical. It's it's roughly around that age. I, I'm not too sure if that was your experience, Lee. Exactly the same, yeah, around yeah. that time. So you've got four or five months. It's hard to remember back to then now as well. Yeah, and yeah, it's not pleasant memories thinking back to, no. to those days because that, that's when it was at its most horrific in terms of seizure activities. Um, so Bradley, we, we feels on the good end. He, he got diagnosed fairly soon um and after sort of trial and error of of you know there's a combination of drugs that that normally help um we quite quickly got onto the three that he's on now still um that's helped him um so yeah his seizures in the beginning were, were quite severe um he was blue lighted into hospital every time he had a seizure and they were frequent sort of once every week mm. sometimes more um from like five months old for the first 18 months, he probably got blue lighted into hospital with hospital stays probably about 50 times in that period. Um, and the length of his seizures was quite scary because nothing could seem to kind of get him out of it. So he was having seizures between lasting anything from 30 to 50 minutes before he would come out of it. Um, you know, so that, that was scary, but he's come out of it he's he goes to special needs school he's nine years old i i would say bradley has probably the mentality and thinking age of probably a, a two or three year old um but he can he can walk he can communicate verbally quite well in fact really well every every week i i get him on weekends um i'm just blown away about you know his vocab and and the conversations that we can have so he's fully mobile um you know, if, if you were to meet Bradley, you probably wouldn't think necessarily there was anything untowards. So he looks fit and healthy and strong. Um, and unfortunately, that's that's not the same case. It's, it's you know, there's such a, a spectrum and it, it affects obviously kids in, in um, so many different ways. You know, you hear stories of of kids that there's um, seizures are so severe that they're comatized. And, you know, um, a lot of kids don't learn how to talk or, or, or walk. So, um, you know, as far as we're concerned, we, we, we're really fortunate for where Bradley is at, at the moment. Oh, I've, um, um, Nikki, my wife, is actually listening in and she's corrected me already. So it's three months at Colorado first seizure. Yeah. Um, she, she never usually listens, so I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, and it's, I remember those days of being blue lighted in every week and we went through exactly the same. And um, it was really, really, really tough, tough times. But I spoke, me me and Kev, we do we do talks and uh, we did one for Orbit Construction. Was it last week, Kev? I'm last Tuesday. Time. Last Tuesday, down south. So we were talking in front of a big gang full of builders and I was explaining to them my mental health side was, in some sense, worse 
the um before my daughter was born um i used to have suicidal thoughts and things like that before then but once color came along it gave me a complete different focus on life and someone to focus on purely and and um so her coming along in in, in essence healed me there is there is now the challenges of things like blue lights and all that because my god that's I'm, you can't even explain how scary a seizure is still to me now like color color has frequent seizures she has some severe some some fine some days i'm on top of the world and it doesn't i wouldn't say it doesn't bother me but i feel strong and i'm okay other days even you know we're nearly eight years in now it just breaks me yeah. just absolutely breaks me watching my little girl go through that um you know yeah. that pain and and anguish um and he does it changes from day to day but it's it's certainly great having you on and, and hearing your not the <laughs> hearing that you're safe chasing similar but it's nice that to know that someone else is out there who has similar similar issues and, and problems and um and it's great to hear that bradley's doing well yeah i appreciate that lee thank you and um yeah i i, I must admit my, my mental health hasn't been in a great place for for many years um and and similar to you it's you know bradley coming along and the challenges that he's faced it's it's kind of you have that little word with yourself you know there's something far vast and bigger out there that is now your responsibility and it's kind of like fight or flight you know and there's there's something brilliant that that you can deep reach deep down in you and and pull yourself together and and kind of um turn things around and you you're right it's it's a different focus you you know it's 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 also something i feel valuable that um even though i'm separated from my my, my wife um you know you, you've got to pull together we we're in in this challenge no one asked for it it's it's here we've got to deal with it you can't you can't run and or hide from it so i think once you can get your head around that that um yeah it's it's a problem it's it's not ideal but we can if if you give everything you've possibly got to to make it work or or make it work to the best of of your ability and to make everyone around you comfortable and happy then then yeah, it certainly does sharpen your focus and gives you a new direction and outlook in life, which I found that's been really helpful for me. Yeah, it's also um, the the effect on the wider family and the amount of guilt I felt when when we were in and out of hospital. Calla was unfortunate enough; she's been in a coma twice now due to one due to seizures and then one one due to sepsis, where we'd spend prolonged period me and my wife at the hospital without going home you know and then there was the guilt there of um, my other two children and basically we were casting them off to just just about anyone who who would have them and um and even uh day-to-day -day life majority of mine and my wife's focus is on color because she can't do anything for herself so we have to do it you know everything every, and I, you know i think that's absolutely fine but it does it does definitely affect my other two children and i know you've got um samuel i mean you who's 12 am i right 12 that's right yeah um how, how do you find that affects affects him yeah it it, it plays a, a, a massive role because you know for for a long period of time they they have to take a back seat and it's it's hard to explain that to them um especially at a young age um you you, you naturally divert all your focus and attention onto you know dealing with with what's there in front of you and that's more or less you know 
especially in the younger years, um, making sure that Bradley isn't going to harm himself or get into any harm or, or dealing with a seizure. So we're typically same thing, Lee. You know, um, luckily my wife's family lived in the same village, so they were brilliant. If if we, you know, if Bradley was getting blue lighted in, it would just be a phone call. They'll whip around and grab Samuel, and and it it was helpful to give us a bit of peace of mind that he was well taken care of, that he was going to a familiar home and, and good people to, to look after him, which kind of gives you a bit of peace of mind to just concentrate all your efforts on, onto Bradley. But it's, it's been tough, you know, um, it, it's tough in so many ways because, you know, they, they get on very well. It's, it's sweet how they play together and interact, but because there's limitations in what Bradley can understand and do, it kind of limits Samuel on, you know, he, he's used to um, interacting with fully able thinking people. Um, so there's a bit of frustration there. And, you know, they, they do play, they get on well, but um, it comes a point where obviously um, Samuel gets a bit bored or, you know, loses interest or wants to do something different. And it's it's tough for him because it's, it's a constant... Um, it's just a constant um, kind of frustration for him that he hasn't got. Uh, and I, I don't want to use, you know, I, like a normal brother. Mm. Um, so, but, you know, now growing up, he's, he's a bit older, 12. He, he's got, you know, his own group of friends and is, you know, he's, he's very active and sporty and, you know, he keeps himself busy on, on that. So it, it, there's a good balance to his life where, where he can get out and, and have the freedom to to do and play with his mates and then and then come back and and um, yeah live live his life with Bradley. Have you found like you've had much support? The pet we've talked about this before. When you have a diagnosis, whether it's on yourself, a loved one, or something, I don't think there's always that natural support there where they go. You're entitled to this benefit. You're entitled to this equipment. You're entitled to counselling if you need it. And I think that's got to change, hasn't it? Yeah, I think uh, my experiences. Um, yeah, it's 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 very, and this is this is not about Dravet because at the point of being diagnosed, we didn't really know about Dravet UK. This is more about, I suppose, the professionals you're asking, aren't you, around yeah. And I think, yeah, you kind of told. I was kind of told the news, or me and my wife were told the news, and then you, you kind of let you're either given a couple of leaflets or just left to go on, go on, and and, and do and find out everything for yourself basically and i think there um it'd be definitely great if there was someone there who could sit you down and go this this is what we can do this is where we go and i still find that now i still have conversations now with with, with people not realizing some of the things like some of the care hours that that she she's she can have and things along that line and it's all almost cloak and dagger and people don't want to tell you tell you these things but i think it'd be great yeah to sit down and go actually this is what can this is what support is available around you like a citizen's advice so as soon as you come out go look you're going to go and see disabled uk or da 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 and we're going to get you as much help and if mom dad nanny and granddad need a bit of counseling or a bit of um parents intervention we're here to help you because there's so much good out there but we don't know about it yeah. And I think there should yeah. be someone, because you you've had this devastating news and your world will never be the same. And then you need a bit of love. 
Yeah, and I think it. I th- uh, to me, I think the the ideal person to do that with a bit more training would be p- people like me and me and Brett to be honest. Yes. Sit there because yeah. you know what? It is absolutely devastating at the time. It really is, and you don't really see past, especially with Dravet, because you probably put up with months. Because uh, if I remember right, to once a test is done, it takes roughly eight months to come back because it's quite involved. Eight months. Yeah, it's quite involved test, so it's not like they're dragging the feet. It's just the type of test kind of takes that long it might be shorter now but i'm pretty sure it was around the eight month mark when we did it so you've put up with not put up with you've experienced so many seizures up until that point and it is really really scary and you still haven't got your diagnosis and then you get your diagnosis and it's kind of there you go on you're off on your own and all you it's just all fear because all you've done for the the past few months is deal with seizures and and problems whereas actually if someone like me or Brett could sit down with that family and go, you know what, this is, this is, don't get me wrong, this is terrifying, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's not, it's, it's not all, it's not all bad all the time. It's, you know, it's inspirational. It's the amount of courage my daughter shows is just through the roof. You know, yeah. you can't, you can't teach some of the things she, she shows. And, um, yeah, what do you think, Brett? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree, Lee. Um, and I think, you know, now Drive UK can be a, a tremendous resource for, for especially new parents coming into this world of, of Drive. But you're right, it's there, there's there's that scary bit where you just need help and guidance and you, you've been given this devastating news and you just don't know, you know, where to turn, what to do next. Um, and also found those, you, you mentioned the... Um, Every two years, they have the uh, the symposiums. You know, the the Drave get together where you get to listen to all the research and development and everything that's going on um, in the medical world, as as well as all the other professionals involved with with Drave. And that's fantastic. And I find it really useful. And I, I appreciate with COVID that they they didn't have it during lockdown, obviously. But that's a wonderful way to to meet other parents. Um, and families and and stay in touch and and just be able to to kind of draw on them for help and guidance um and i it's it breaks my heart because every time you know each two years you obviously you know bradley's now nine you're getting to meet those new parents that are there for the very first time this is a whole new world and a lot of them stand up and and um recount their their stories and you you can a lot of them break down you can you can hear the, um, the fear and the, the uncertainty in, in their voice. But it's quite nice to having lived through it and have a bit of experience to go and approach those people and just pull them to a side and say, listen, you know, just hang in there. There's there's such a great network of people around you to to help you through this. It's it's going to be okay. But yeah, I think more can be done. And I and I um yeah, I, I strongly think um, Drave Syndrome, the, the charity, are, are really pushing that to to make sure that whatever people need, information or, or whatever it is, that they're they doing their, their damnedest to, to be there to support. Sorry, Kev, we've had a question come in and it goes back to the siblings um, a bit. So I'm just going to put this up on screen and then ask, then ask before we go too far off, off subject. So, Sean, do you think that the conflict re- reflects on siblings when they are older, the anger and frustration that one person takes most of the attention? I have never looked at that wa- that way, but me and my sister don't get on all the time, at, get on at all. I think that's that's hard for me to answer because we're, 
um, my children aren't older older at that point yet um but i, I, I don't i don't know. yeah i don't sorry kev I'll, I, but i don't feel like it's going that way i think the dynamic once Callum was born and this all came out the dynamic of the family changed and they and the very good thing about children is they're adaptable they will adapt to the environment they're in um, and I feel like my two children have done that that done that really well with as uh, with, with like Brett said earlier as well we're very lucky to have most of my family really close by so we were the same we could call it a drop a hat and they go around so they know they're loved and, and they know they're, they're safe in the thing so for me I don't think it's going to go that way but you just don't you don't know but like what well, I, I had meningitis when i was free and i was i was in comas and uh lost my eyesight my brother would have been 13 at the time and he realized that i was gonna have to have he was gonna have to stay around my nan and granddad's and it was when and he said to me i asked him about it years later and he says you need that bit more love you need that bit more help and that's what you do with family i, I didn't resent you for it that's what families do you step up when you needed to, or you step aside when you needed to. And I think we forget how much family loves one another. You know what I mean? A good family knows when to stand up, when to sit down, when to speak up, when to shut up. And that's what we do. And I think when you're a child, as you said, we are very good at adapting. And I think you become aware of, like you said, like we, we all, we all babes. It was like the blue lights. And now it's, they don't even look up from the tablet sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's because it's be- not it's not a good normal, but it's we know when to be it's like like when you're on an aeroplane, the time you've got to get worried worried is when the stewardess fright- frightened. You know what I mean? When the terminus is that bad, the stewardess is panicking, that's when you've got to panic. Yeah. Otherwise, it's part of the journey. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um and I think it's also just reassuring that sibling, you know. Obviously, you can't do it in the in the heat of the moment. Your your focus is entirely on on um, obviously, you know, in our case, Bradley. Um, but then it's it's when things settle down and you, you get back under the same roof. It's it's just having that quiet word, saying, "Look, you you did brilliantly," um, and just reassuring them. You know, understand that it's necessary, obviously, to to kind of put all your focus and attention towards Bradley. Um, but you know by no means are you left out or discounted and just because he can't come with us you know um to the hospital etc it's it doesn't mean we're not thinking about him or that he's playing any lesser role in in the whole family unit so i think it just helps to to reassure them at at the end of an episode like that yeah and i think um it definitely builds in a, a greater level of compassion having having someone in your household not just for siblings but for for anyone in your household with better level of compassion to look after people and seeing the kind of people you know the care that some people need and and hopefully they take that into adult life and and they're not shy around people with disabilities yeah. um we, we tick quite often when we're wheeling cal around that there'll be a young child who will um who will stop and look at a wheelchair because it's flashing lights and it's pretty and it's you know it's bright colors and you'll see the the adult turn and turn around oh don't don't stare and i've i've spoke about this before and i'd much prefer them to come up to us and have a conversation than yeah. turn them right turn them away and i know why they're doing it they don't want to feel like their kids imposing on 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 what's going on or staring you know but yeah. it stops the conversation dead and to me that's wrong come up and have a chat to her because you know what Kelly's a little girl she's she's you know um she wants 
people around her. She wants young young kids around her. She enjoys that. So don't stop it just because she's in a wheelchair. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and Lee, another thing, uh, you know, the compassion. Um, for example, Samuel's so brilliant with um, making friends at school with, with the kids that aren't that popular or don't fit in for whatever reason. Kind of Samuel's always drawn to those guys and, and he finds it easy to communicate with them and, and make them feel part of, you know, part of the gang or whatever. And I, I, I really take my hat off to him and admire him for that. And I think that's just because of, you know, the, the upbringing and the experiences he, he has with, with Bradley. Yeah. Yes, we've said it on this show. It's, it's amazing what we can get through in life, isn't it? And I guarantee you to, if um, if you knew beforehand, you're gonna have to raise syndrome. You're gonna be in hospital. They're gonna be in comas, and you go, I won't be able to cope. I just won't be able to do it. I won't. I'll just. I'll... But when the brown stuff hits the fan, it's amazing what you can get through, isn't it? It's amazing how brave and strong you can be in the worst of times. Yeah, um, I think that's really important. You do, you know, you do. You you kind of keep trucking on, but. If I could give anyone any advice, because that's what I did. I kept going. I kept trucking on, and, and um, all the pressure was mounting up on me. And in the end, it just burst out of me, and I had to seek counselling. And I wish I'd have sought counselling before that, before that point, because having looking after it, it's the other things that people don't see as well. So my wife had to stop working. So then, the the burden of earning money was doubled on myself. I had to go out there and I was. Well, this is what I was thinking. I was thinking it wrong, but I had to go out there thinking I've got to do more errors to bring more money in because she isn't working and we've got now got a disabled daughter who needs more equipment. And you know what? This equipment's really expensive. So I put myself into overdrive thinking I've got to go out there and do more work harder. But one of the keys to having a child with disabilities, the time you spend at home as well, because ultimately, if you're not at home, you're not helping anyway. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much, how much money you're trying to bring in. Obviously, you've got to pay your bills without doubt, but it doesn't matter how much money you bring in because money won't solve this problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you found that, Brett, as well? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's um, yeah, I think that's just a natural thing as a man that you, you've got to go out and, and be the, the breadwinner and, and you know the, the kind of hunter-gatherer instinct kicks in and you've, you've got to take care of things that way. But Lee, I think your point is just um, really valid that you it's what you do in the house to help out and, and be present there. Uh, and I appreciate, you know, we, we separate it, but, you know, I'd, I'd like to think I, I do my bit. I'm, I'm, you know, available whenever I'm needed um, to step in for whatever the reason. Um, and then I have Bradley on the weekends and, you know, to, to make the best of a, of a, a not so great situation kim my my ex having that respite on the weekends is is a godsend for her because she you know bradley doesn't sleep particularly well all the rest of it it's 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 a constant uphill challenge so um during the week i i can just focus and concentrate on on my work and then weekends give all my time and attention to bradley um and it allows kim to have that respite so you know we, we we're making a a good situation out of out of um something that yeah is, is not that positive or, or pleasant would you both like to tell us about uh, dry uk 
Throat Syndrome UK and what they offer? Yeah, so they're a, they're a small charity um, and, and they offer support, really. They do things like um, coming up this weekend um, is Centre Parks weekend where whoever wants to come, families with Dravet, come and meet up and... Um, and they do they do different activities throughout the weekend, but it's just fantastic being around other parents who are in a similar situation. Um, they also do funding for equipment, uh, or certain certain equipment. I don't think it's a, it's yeah, it's a lot monitors and things along that line, which again is an absolute godsend. Um, some of these monitors are running into like a thousand pound, one thousand two hundred pounds. So having someone who can fund that, because. Uh, when you when you step into this world you're not a millionaire unfortunately they don't just throw money at you and, and say but um for instance just a few few things that Kala has so she has a wheelchair that was just shy of eight and a half thousand pounds really yeah she has a chair that's at home that was two thousand luckily supplied by council um i can't think she has got a special needs bread which was close to five thousand pound um a bath you know it's all big big money money thing so having the help of people like Travai UK who can fund these the monitors so you know when she goes to sleep that that monitor is going to go off if there's something wrong um it's, look at look like a baby monitor no with... so they it's they do well they do do kind of baby monitors yeah. um but they also do um I can't remember the name of them now but basically it'll check it'll keep it'll check your heart rate and your blood oxygen levels uh, I can't remember the name of the, the machine now, but um, and in truth, we don't use that as often now. As she's got older, we haven't needed to. But when when she was first diagnosed, it really was invaluable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like did, because we've said this before, Brett. Like with Kala, uh, they said, was it if she hasn't learned how to walk by the age of, she never will. Yeah. So one of the things I'll say to anyone who, who's just um, Who's who's just had a anyone born with a disability to go and us or, or receive one later in life? I think sometimes nurses, physios, doctors try to manage your expectations, um, and they like Kala was told that she wouldn't walk. I think off the top of my head, it was by, by the time she's five, and and now she's seven, and she started taking steps. Um, yeah. And I think the doctors are trying to manage our expectations and trying to give us a bit of a glimpse into the future. But what I will say is, go out there and give give your child the best opportunity to be able to achieve these things um and there's many ways many pieces of equipment you can do things like that and it depends what you're looking for but i, I would i wouldn't say ignore the doctors by any stretch of the imagination but just put in place to give them the best opportunity to achieve to their their potential yeah no absolutely um leon that's you know it's <laughs> it's great and i i I would implore anybody if, if they get like a diagnosis or, or a, a statement from a doctor like that to just not take it at, at its face value, but to just explore every avenue because you will do that for your kid. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously I'm from Zimbabwe originally. I'm, I'm so grateful and thankful to um, be living in the UK with the NHS has been incredible. I know a lot of people um, can complain for, about it from time to time, but I'll never ever say a bad word about the NHS. It's just been absolutely phenomenal for us. Um, and again, Drive Syndrome UK, the, the resources are out there. The, the, there's people out there willing to help. Um, and that, yeah, that's just, it gives you a bit of tremendous peace of mind, really. 
you know, these centre part things. I bet it is nice, like say, you two to have a chat. But then, do the kids get to know each other a bit more over the years and make friendships? In truth, it's awkward, awkward for for me to say because um, I've only been to one. <laughs> this would be my second one that I'm going to, and a lot of it's been delayed because of because of COVID. Um, and in truth, at the time that I went to the the first one, I wasn't ready to meet people, if I'm honest, with, with Gervais syndrome, because it, it, not, I don't know, it's scary to, to talk about it, and sometimes it's scary to see your future. Yeah. Well, it was at the time. It's not so much now. I was more of in the, um, I was more of in the still scared place myself then, where where you know the blue lights and the, all that, but and and you 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 know you're looking at other people and seeing your future in them, and I think I've mentioned this before on the show as well. We, we're part of my job. Um, at the time of a diagnosing, you know, I was a uh, specialist wheelchairs, so I was going around to young families, um, sorry, kids with, with disabilities and um, prescribing specialist wheelchairs to them. And I had to quit that job because I was going around people's ages and seeing, and potentially seeing my future within them. And it just, that really messed me up. And seeing the lack of help that was there when, when it was coming to purchasing the equipment, and the only thing that really, because I'm, I'm back in, I'll do it again now. And the only thing that changed my mind is I went to a wheelchair service appointment with Kala and I couldn't believe what the person was telling me and didn't know. Um, and I thought there's people out there potentially putting children in equipment that is not suitable for them. Um, and to me, that you know, it's that's just wrong. It's wrong on yeah. so many levels. Um, so yeah, I went back into it, but it was it's it's very it was very hard for me to 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 meet my future in that sense. Have you found that, uh, Brett? Sometimes, yeah. So I've we've only been to one Centre Parks weekend as well, um, and it, actually, sorry, we've I've been to two, but it it is lovely. It it, it is nice to get that sense of camaraderie and. Um, to meet people in a similar sort of situation to yourselves, but it, it, it is daunting. It is, it is quite, um, it's just heavy on you emotionally. There's, you go through a lot of emotions on, on a um, retreat like that, because I guess you, the, the reality of where you are really impacts on you when, when you see it all um, laid out in front of you. Um, and yeah, the, the future that, you know, the future is so uncertain for, for every one of us. And that's, that, that's something you can never really overcome. It's, mm. it's, it's quite difficult to, to face that, uh, just the uncertainty of, you know, when your, your kids grow now that Bradley's nine is becoming big. Um, you know, he's going to obviously hit puberty, teenage years, all sorts of hormonal changes. Um, just, yeah. We, we kind of don't know what that next phase of his life is going to bring. And that's, that's, that's a bit of a, a constant worry, to be honest. I think the one thing I learned as well is not to, uh, um, as I was on about the future, I'm in a better place myself now and, and not to actually look far in the future. Um, appreciate today and appreciate the time. Because unfortunately it's a, it's um, a condition that can take, children and young adults early can't it can take you know it's you don't tend to get into elderly age so you do really do have to stop yourself and go you know what it doesn't matter really what's we'll deal with what's coming up because look what we've dealt, dealt with in the past if we dealt with that we're yeah. good coming up so let's let's concentrate on today and making making their lives as happy as possible yeah no absolutely spot on it's um i think it's good to, to be mindful of it but yeah don't dwell on it don't let it it um sort of consume you 
and you're absolutely right. You you got to you know it's a cliche day by day, but it's it really does help in this situation because, um, and you've come, you know, you've come through um, very challenging times in the past and got through it to this point. So there's nothing that's going to um, you know throw up an obstacle or hurdle that you potentially can't overcome down the line. So yeah, that's a, that's a great. Mm-hmm. And let's let's talk about this fantastic run that you can do then, Brett. Yeah, okay. So um I, I think Lee, we met briefly last year at the um it was the Snowden climb. Right. So um I, I, I did that. So every year I think well, every year Drive Syndrome UK put on kind of a, a charity event. It's either the ones I've done two. Um it's either um, the first one we went and climbed up Ben Nevis, and then obviously last year we went and did Snowden. So that's always great because you, you obviously, you know, you get to meet people and go away for a bit of time, get to know other people, um, and then you get friends and family to sponsor you. Um, and then I, I was just thinking off the back of that, you know, I'd quite like to do a little bit more if I could to to try and raise more awareness and more funds for Drive Syndrome UK. Um, and I was just thinking about, you know, different unique kind of challenges. Um, I, I didn't want to go and do the, you know, the bog standard run a marathon um, or or just do common stuff. So um, I actually came across this challenge. It, it was done by an American guy that um, wrote a book. I don't know if you know him, David Goggins. Oh, I've read his book. Read his Fantastic, book. Fantastic, so, yeah. It's incredible. That, that I, I, I drew from so much on that and, I, you know, to help me through my my mental health journey I, I got a lot out of his book and basically he's he's come up with this concept so he he was in the in the military in america and then became a, an ultra runner um and it's just incredible his mindset about what you can push yourself you the limits you you can take yourself both mentally and physically um so off the back of that he, he, he every year in america they have the four by four by 48 which is run four miles every four hours for 48 hours and they do it over a weekend in march um, and he gets people all throughout the states or wherever you are to to join in on that and people do it to raise money for various charities whatever's close to their heart so it just got me thinking that you know that that's quite a, a mental and physical challenge and it's it's something a bit unique a bit different um and it was something that i i was really interested in taking on and doing it and i thought you know if i could tie that in and do it to help raise awareness and, and money for for driver syndrome uk then absolutely go for it so that that's how it's come about um and it's it's going to start next weekend over father's day weekend which unfortunately <laughs> coincides with the center parks trip but um I, I just think it's it's quite nice to for me personally to have it on on Father's Day weekend. And as I say, people do want to sponsor that. When when we first came on the podcast, you were just shy of a thousand pound. So if people can sponsor, it'd be great to get over a thousand pound before we end. You can see it scrolling across the bottom now if you'd like to go there, or it is in the show notes if you click on those as well, and and that that'll be a direct link to it. Yeah, really appreciate that, Lee. Thank you. No problem at all. Because we have, we've got to, and I think my granddad had Parkinson's. Um, I, I had viral meningitis, took my eyesight. I think once something is brought into your lives, it has more relevancy, like cancer. We've all been affected by cancer in some way. We've all known someone. 
but it's these smaller charities that really struggle. Yeah. And they, as we often find, the smallest charities do the best work because it's run by people who live in that field, live with those demons. When when you win, you actually feel like you've won. So give to these smaller charities, help them because the work that they do, like the like me and Lee always say, like this um uh where you go, centre parks. You you don't just think about Bradley and Calla. It's the other brothers and sisters. It's that uh, the brothers and sisters can have a fun weekend. So mom and dad can make some friends. Because a disability doesn't just affect that one person, does it? It affects everyone. It's like a pebble in a pond. It does. It goes out to the wider family. Um, you know, uh, grandparents, cousins, aunties. Carers. It's, just, it's, non, it's non-stop, the, the kind of ripple effect of, of it. But that, that also means it spreads all the good that comes out of it as well so mm. yeah, it's not absolutely. it's not all bad yeah. yeah so guys what would you if um someone is having that that horror show and they're, they're finding out and they've it's, it's one of you two and you're bounced off the walls you don't know what's going on you've just heard it today and you've turned this podcast on what would you say to the parents never daddy or mommy brother or sister grandparents what bit of advice would you give them firstly Ride the storm, definitely. So it does get better. It's, it does devastate your world at that point, but it does get better as time goes on. You, you adjust, your family adjusts, and it does get better. But also, don't be afraid to ask for help yourself. I've lost count of the amount of times that Cal has been in, in some serious situations in hospital, and we've had a nurse or a doctor come up to us and ask us whether we need any help. Me and my wife and both of us refused, not refused, but both of us said we were fine when we weren't. So um, don't be afraid to say, you know what, this is tough and I am struggling and I do need help. I think that's brilliant advice because I only know how a man thinks, you know, but we struggle on in the real world. I'm all right. I'm all right. Don't worry. I don't want to bother no one. I'm, I'll be all right. And pride, vanity, is a killer. So we've got to realise we're not superheroes. We're human beings. We're going to have a wobble. Some days we're bulletproof. Other days we get the wrong side of the bed and we're devastated. So when you feel like that, reach out, get some help. Because you know what? We're here to protect our children, but we've also got to look after ourselves. And, you know, you're worth that time, that help. Brett, what would you, what would you say? Yeah, I, I'd echo all those sentiments. You know, you, you can't, um, you've got to swallow your pride. It's, it's really difficult to do, I think, particularly as men, but um, you've got to just be able to reach out. And it's, it's quite amazing when you do, you, you, you'll be surprised how many people are out there willing to, to do whatever they can to, to give you a hand and to, to kind of share the, the burden. And um, I think you owe it to yourself if, if you think that, you, you're no good to your family if you're burnt out or not in, in a good um, mental state. You, you, you're absolutely just going to be pulling the whole team down. So I think it's important to, to see a bigger picture, to reach out for people, to accept the help, to embrace it, to, to um, yeah, just give yourself a bit of a break to, to kind of regroup and, and um, keep, keep on track. You, you, you can't let yourself really slip in. And, and get into uh, into any sort of really dark moments that are, are just going to take all your focus and energy away from what's ultimately important. I think you both touched on something earlier. Leave with work. 
I've got to provide, I've got to provide, I've got to provide. And what you've just touched on, Brett, um, I've got to keep going, I've got to keep going. And as you said, Brett, you've got to be your best self. You've got to occasionally find time for a hobby. You've got to find time to whatever it is, boxing, running, painting, having that bit of your respite. And with working, as Lee says, yes, we've got to keep the wolf from the door, but why are we earning it? We're earning it so our family can be happy. And sometimes the best, the happiest, whether you've got an able-bodied child or a disabled child, is family time. Giving your child your best self, whether that's watching Ben and Holly or pushing them on the swings or just sitting there in bed having a cuddle. Give them your best time because that's what they need. Yeah, spot on. Absolutely. So how can we find this wonderful organisation, Dravet Syndrome? So I'm just bringing it up on the bottom. So to find Gervais Syndrome, it's www.gervais.org.uk. And Gervais is spelled D-R-A-V-E-T even. D-R-V-E-T. Trying to read it as it's scrolling across as well. I know how to spell it, but I'm still trying to read it and spell it. Yeah. Not very good at reading these comments or anything, to be quite honest, Kev. But I'm better than you. I'm sure of that. <laughs> well, well, Brett, thank you, brother, and good luck with a run. And we'd like to get you back on. And um, because life's a journey, and you two are going to be, you know, we're all on a journey, especially being parents uh, or, you know, life in general on a journey. So if you'd like to come back on, anytime you're doing these fundraisers, we'd love to come on and push the cause. And if you're ever in the, in the West Midlands, in the Black Country, we'd love you to come down and come and see the club and maybe even get you on the radio. Fantastic. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time, guys. It's It's been um, it's been fantastic. I, I can't thank you enough. Really appreciate it. And before we go, as we always like to end on, have you got any quotes or sayings that have helped you get through life? Um, the, the biggest one for me, and I, I think it's growing up in Africa and, and having bright blue skies and, and sunshine, When whenever I get down, I, I just always just remind myself blue skies are, a, are ahead. Um, and that, that that works for me. It, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but that's what I just draw draw down on. If black cards, it just everything is um, overwhelming you and swamping you. I, I just kind of just visually memorize um, the blue skies that I I knew as a child growing up in in my home country, and and um, just know that yeah, those clouds are going to part, and we're going to see blue skies ahead again. Well, thank you, brother, for coming on and sharing your story. Now, guys, if you're listening to this on Apple Music, please uh, give us a like and leave a nice comment. Give us five-star rating. Help us climb the charts. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Because all these little things just help us grow. And what our dream is to get out there and to talk to more people. And if you'd ever like to come on the show, every story is worth telling. Because I know there's someone out there who's going through what you are or something similar to you are. And these conversations might just help them. And ain't that just a blooming lovely thing. So, guys, until we see each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Ta-ra a bit. Thank you. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you'd like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word.
Until we talk next time, ta-ra-ra-bit. Listen, listen.